Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer with its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions. Businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by Caliber. It's the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. And Chatbot PH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph If you choose to be an entrepreneur, you choose to get into this space, you have to take that ultimate responsibility and have that accountability that this is on you. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baetyong. Welcome to episode 61 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer empowering businesses around the world to grow globally. 
We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that there's a lot of cussing in this podcast, so make sure there's no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking to a multifaceted hustler, and his name is Michael Dargani of Baskin Robbins. Now, the interesting thing about this episode is we're not just going to be talking about the ice cream side of how Michael was able to amass a fortune. Because he has a very wide portfolio, and we're going to be discussing most of them in this episode. But before that, Michael will share how it was like growing up here and having to go through discrimination early as a kid. And how he was able to get exposed early in entrepreneurship through his parents. And how he was able to hone a lot of skills when he studied abroad for college. Now this is where it gets interesting because Michael will share with us how he was able to sell his restaurant at such a young age given that it was his first business. And then he will also share how difficult it was to replicate the same amount of success in his other new F&B businesses. Michael will also share how he was able to diversify his portfolio by investing in real estate and to this very interesting business called Ambient Scenting. And of course, we're not going to end this episode without talking about how he was able to get Baskin Robbins here in the Philippines. And stick around till the end because there's a lot of tips that he will share with us to apply in our own hustles in our daily lives. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Baskin Robbins, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are now, it's no longer a secret, okay? So we are with our investor in Podcast Network Asia. So uh, you're literally hearing this right after the day we went live with the final pitch, Denali. So now I can finally talk about it. I've been holding it in for months. It's like, what happened with the final pitch? I don't know, you know, watch the show. I got a mar- I became a marshmallow. So we have on the show Mr. Michael Dergani of Baskin Robbins. Woo! Yep. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, hi, Ron. Glad to be here. Yes. Okay. Um, as, as you all know, if you're, if you're not familiar, uh, recently I joined the 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 season four of season four was it like season four right season four, um of the final pitch where we pot- pitched the, the my newest baby which is podcast network asia which is what the one that supports now hustle share so michael again welcome to the show and thank you for believing in us uh for for seeing what we see and hearing what we hear apparently well, <laughs> pun th- intended thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here and you know Awesome. Okay, so we're literally at our studio, and this is the first time we actually saw it. So I'm glad you've seen it. Uh, what do you think about what we have here? What we're up to? It's nice. It's nice to see where my money went. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just went by and made it rain. Just kidding. Okay, but Michael, you've been to this. You've been. You've listened to the show quite a while, and um, and and you know the drill. Uh, Mike, what's your hustle? Um. <laughs> I wish there was a short answer to that question. Right. Um, you know, I guess um, Baskin Robbins is the most visible business, okay. and that's what people see, and and that does take up, you know, I'd say most of my time. Okay, um, but you know, I I am a serial entrepreneur. I mm-hmm. have been for many years. Right. Um, I, I and so you know, I've got a number of different um, businesses, ventures right. that I'm into. Okay. Um, yeah, but Baskin Robbins is, is obviously the most visible one. Correct. And the one, you know, also a function of it being a B two C business, right. right? 
So it's the one that you need. Yeah, right. you need the hype. You need mm-hmm. the promotion. Right. Um, and get people to wear your shirt on a Wednesday. You know. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that was that was a huge marketing win for us when you when you modeled for us. My that dignity way. is gone. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't watched that, just fucking check out all of our social media. Okay, but before we 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 get carried away, and you know, I I want to really dissect because you during the show and you, you in any. Uh, opportunity that I get to talk to you, you always inspire me because you are, you mentioned this investment mindset. But mm-hmm. before we even go to an investment mindset, entrepreneurs are not born, they were made, right? So I want to step back and, and go to the very first, um, you know, uh, time where you were in, 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 like, you know, exposed to entrepreneurship because, again, you came from an immigrant family, Correct. Tell 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 me about how you grew up and what was like. Uh, was it like um, being exposed into entrepreneurship very on? I don't really know that you can say that you were born into. I mean, you know, you, mm. entrepreneurs are necessarily uh, made and not born. Right. Um, I think if you're born into an entrepreneurial family, that that gives you an edge right, right there. Right. And mm. and my family was very entrepreneurial. Mm. Um, yeah, that was an edge, definitely. You know, it's growing up. Um, being exposed to business. Now, now, they weren't necessarily businesses that I was drawn to, mm-hmm. but just seeing that your parents are business owners. Okay. Um, what, did, what did they do, if you don't mind me asking? So earlier on, my uh, my dad, my, my mom wasn't really, um, you know, she was a housewife, okay. but she was very supportive to whatever it was that my, my father was right. doing. And my dad, in the earlier years, um, and it was just part of his family business, they okay. were manufacturing and exporting Okay. Um, garments. Garments. Wow. That's a US, very big yeah. textile, is it? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. That's what um, they call it, you know, the fucking <clears throat> traditional investors. Like, oh, what is your business? Eh, textile and whatnot. Right. So growing up, was it, was, what were the challenges? I remember you telling me about the story uh, where you felt like a double citizen or you were like a double immigrant at one point because, you know, when you look at your passport, it says Filipino. But ethnically, you're not Filipino. Again, at least the majority of one. So I'm pretty sure there's discrimination there. And then when you went abroad to study, you're no, you're not who you look because it says Filipino. So it's like a double whammy. But how was it growing up? I mean, going here because again, when kids are being kids and they're stupid, you know, they're, they they discriminate a lot. Was it? Would you ever have any of those? Uh, yeah, to say the least. Right. Um, you know, I had a lot. It it wasn't easy growing mm-hmm. up. Um, you know, I think there was there was quite a bit of bias. Not not everybody, but but it was significant more right. than anybody should go through. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there were some very painful moments there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think I look I look back on those days now mm-hmm. and think, you know, there was definitely a silver lining to it because you know I made it right. Yeah. Um, in spite of, in spite of that, I, right. I mean. At a certain point, you know, after high school, and it got better as high school went yeah. went on. People I think, mature eventually. <laughs> people mature. Also, I think more of my personality started coming out. Like as, you know, by my junior year, and definitely by my senior year. I mean, you know, I was definitely the uh, the years prior were, were were very difficult. You know, like I said, you you go through that, and and uh, it makes you stronger. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that there is that kind of ignorance. I think mm-hmm. it was more prevalent 
back then. Mm-hmm. Super, my God. <coughs> right? You know, and again, it's unfair because sometimes it's just part of the culture too. You know, people mm-hmm. just like to pick on things they don't understand or that look different and whatnot. It's again, in hindsight, it shouldn't be that way. And it, it it's also the responsibility of the people around them that are more are older to actually correct that. It, it's correct. And, you know, like I said, it was a lot more prevalent back then. Mm-hmm. It still happens now, but to a lesser extent. Right. Right. And I think now when it happens, it's like, you know, oh, it's cringy. What the fuck? Yeah, right? it's it's yeah, it's. I'm, and if you get if you get exposed, right, right, being that way or thinking that mm-hmm. way, in this day and age, it's like any educated person will be like, right. you know, how stupid are you? Exactly. Right for having those biases or having those, Correct. and it's not just limited to race. Yeah. I think even gender, gender, you know, yeah. homosexuality, whatever it is, right. I think there's a lot more. Um, just people are more educated now, Correct. and that's a good thing, Correct. right. But for me, a real, a real learning moment and a real sort of aha mm-hmm. moment for me was, so like I said, when I was in the U.S., mm-hmm. I was viewed as being Filipino because right. it was like, okay, where are you from? Mm-hmm. I'm from the Philippines. What, you know, you have a Filipino passport. Right. And so they, they regard you as being Filipino there, right? right? And there's a lot of Filipinos in, um, in mm-hmm. the U.S. And I think you went to Hawaii, correct? I went to Hawaii, oh, yeah. It's another <laughs> Filipino country, technically. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot. There are a lot of Filipinos. Japanese there, and know? Filipino. Correct, you know? correct. Which was great. I mean, right. you know, I mean, particularly the early days, like, it felt good, like, to be able to speak Tagalog with, with certain people oh, yeah. there. So you speak fluent with, Tagalog, correct? I speak fluent Tagalog yeah, as well. There, yeah. well I'm equally comfortable. That's actually been a huge um, yes. advantage for me Yep. because I, I think I speak Tagalog almost as mm-hmm. well as I speak English, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, in terms of connecting the dots right. um, in business dealings with U.S. partners mm-hmm. or any international partner, really, that's been, it's been a huge edge. Got it. Now, in terms of... Uh, business mindset you said you're you're again going back to was there uh because let's just call a spade a spade and we all know this uh families that are uh, brought into an again entrepreneurial family or environment have an edge mm-hmm. early on growing up was there a mindset would did you ever think that all right i'm gonna be an entrepreneur just like that and whatnot uh, growing up, or did that just happen naturally as you progressed? I think um, you know when I was much younger, I was drawn to medicine. I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, right? okay. But that didn't. I mean, that was probably until the age of maybe ten or eleven. Okay. And then after that, I really started gravitating towards business. Wow. Like entrepreneurship. Um. And yeah, I mean, it, it was very. That sort of interest, that desire got okay. stronger and stronger and um, to the point where, you know, when I was a teenager, right. um, maybe around 16 or 17, I was already, I became kind of known that I was always talking business even nice. even back then. Wow. Right? So it actually, I wound up isolating me a little bit from certain people. Absolutely. Because like, these people are just, you know. Like, I'm 16 years old, dude. Like. <laughs> Chill out, right? Right. You know, but, I just want to get laid today you know, or whatnot. Sorry, yeah. my bad. I forgot who's yeah. going to be listening to this. My bad, my bad. But, okay. So, uh, growing up, was there any kind of business? Because you talked about it a lot, you know, and eventually that will materialize somewhere. Did you do any kind of business early on or like a side hustle or whatnot? Or did you even work for your parents at one point? Yeah, it was more of like helping out um, okay. with my parents' business. Um, and that they also went through a transition because they were involved with, um, 
their family business because okay. my dad was involved with his his father's business basically oh, their family okay. business and he moved away from that around the time that we uh, that I was in high school ah. so there were some uh, in in the early days they struggled you know they hustled as well they had to um and that was a fairly um more comfortable position being part of a family business you know but then yeah. Moving, moving scary. on, and yeah, it was, yeah. you know, and it was a time, you know. But I'm very appreciative of, you know, even at that time when you know he had just sort of started out with his yeah. um his own thing, right? Right. A lot of expenses, you know, early days of a startup, right? I I, I grew up through that, and mm-hmm. going to going to college in the U.S. was not cheap, yeah. right? Um, but they were very supportive of it, uh-huh. right? Even back then, so that was a huge um sacrifice that they made for me right right um well, who, what made you decide to study in the u.s i mean i wasn't really feeling the philippines at the time right. you know I, I you know over and above the fact that I, uh, I had had a rough experience you know in school yeah I, I was just always drawn to the u.s culture you know the yeah. whole lifestyle and everything i felt i felt that i the american dream yeah, yeah. sort of you know right. and and i felt really comfortable there i felt mm-hmm. i belonged um uh, and to me, that just seemed to make sense, right? Okay. So how was growing up? You mentioned um, you were, you know, uh, you didn't really feel the Philippines. What made you decide, all right, uh, U.S., and where did you go? So Hawaii, right? I, okay. I, I went to Hawaii. I went to a university called Hawaii Pacific University, okay. um, which really was, I'd say, one of the most defining periods of my life. Okay. I think that just as I was coming out of my shell in okay. high school and really beginning to understand some of my own strengths, mm-hmm. being in that environment, not not that it was without its share of challenges. Okay. That was definitely there too. It was the first time I was on my own and kind of independent. You were on your own. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I lived on campus initially and then eventually no help, got an no nothing. No, man. <laughs> that's, 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 not a, that's not a reality over there. I mean, you know, it's not wow. like it is here where... Okay. Um, it was very different, you know. Right. You go and um, so being being there and just developing the network of friends. Mm-hmm. I made friends from all over the world. Okay. I, I, I mean, you know, there were guys who there were people who had certain groups. They were part of certain uh, yeah. groups Clique. or sort of yeah. I mean, a clique. Sorry, that's a the clique or whatever, right? Yeah, and I kind of I, I I was able to to. Uh, build friendships with so many different people from from all over the world so i had i had my u.s friends i had my local hawaiian friends i had mahalo (laughs) aloha mahalo all that and i had um friends from europe i had a lot of greek friends um yeah yeah yeah, i did i i wound up getting along with those guys and it was just such a such a wonderful experience. I mean, people from all over the world had just kind of come together. It was, it was a magical time. Got it. Was there any uh, defining moment there that really mm-hmm. that, that left an indelible mark to what it was? Because again, when you, I've had multiple guests on the show before where they 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 attribute their a lot of what they've they they say that they grow they've grown up in. Uh, when they they were they studied overseas because now all of these you know safety nets were out and then they really defined themselves a lot when they were uh, abroad. Yeah, I think that's a period in your life where you know you're an adult now, yep. right? And it was the first time really that I had tasted real independence. Okay. Um, 
I don't think there was one defining moment or okay. period. It was just really the whole time. It was collectively so many different experiences mm-hmm. where I, I, my confidence in myself, my mm-hmm. own abilities, whatever that was, um, really blossomed there. Okay. And co- all put together, okay. I think it played such a key role in, mm-hmm. in, in, in helping me you know, over the course of my life, it, it continues to help me. Did you do any any side jobs or side hustles? Because this one one common denominator also with people that studied in the states. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. No, no matter how well off or how comfortable you are, because of course, especially if you're not a scholar, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's some financial uh, requirements that your parents have to go through just to send you off to that school. Yeah. But it's never enough, especially if you're going to be alone. You got to make ends meet Correct. in that one way. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I I, I worked a number of of jobs. Okay. Um, and initially, like, I looked for the easiest jobs. Okay. You know, what like were I worked, those jobs? I worked at the library, which was basically just sitting around doing okay. nothing. You know, <laughs> returning books. It was like, Got it. I think six or six dollars and fifty cents an hour. I was like, okay. whoa, that's good money. Yeah. But I wanted to. That that was one job. Um, I worked different jobs. I worked different restaurant jobs because okay. I was interested in um, so this in was the food the business thing. Yeah, really because I was on. really drawn to, to the food business. So I, I okay. worked different jobs in restaurants. Okay, uh, I worked as a bartender. Um, nice. I worked, yeah, I, I, different things as well. Mm. I mean, I, I can't even back of the house, even kitchen jobs. You know, really? like yeah, because I wanted to be exposed to that. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> not that and. It became very clear that I couldn't cook. <laughs> okay. I definitely, <laughs> definitely wasn't chef material. But okay. Even just having spent a little bit of time in a commercial kitchen to understand how it works, it helped so much later on when I was doing the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I worked many different part-time jobs while studying. I also wanted to contribute to, as I said, my it was very expensive going to school there. Yeah. I didn't want to put that entire burden just on my um, parents, on my parents, yeah. right? So I felt it gave me a greater sense of self-worth yeah. where even if it was a nominal amount, I felt like I was able to make a contribution for some of my expenses. Nice. And that's one thing that I think is very strong there that you see in the US at the age of 18. Yeah. Most people who are in virtually everybody really they're working while going to school it's yeah. not like free for all where mommy mm-hmm. and daddy are paying for everything well, over here really, yeah over here i mean you know i guess depending on your social circle right it's not it's, it's not, weird i remember being a, a um, working student back then mm-hmm. i was the only dude everybody yeah. was just trying to figure out oh where are we gonna play dota yeah like <laughs> bro i gotta go because i only had three hours of sleep i yeah. have to commute back to qc yeah. Because I'm going to work to Makati yeah. while we're studying you. So it's a tri- whole triangle. I'm like, every minute counts. Because if I overspend hanging out, there's no hanging out. Yeah. And I, re- I remember starkly as well, well, people won't understand that grind. Yeah. But I said, like, dude, I'm just setting myself up now. Right. And a lot of people are like, why are you so caging? Dude, you don't understand. Right. But in the US, this is totally normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think it's really good because it, it, it builds that work ethic, it builds that accountability and that responsibility at a really young age. Mm-hmm. So I see that as definitely a good thing. Absolutely. And if, if I had my if I'm going to raise kids down the road, then, yo, 
I'm only giving you a certain uh, amount. If you want more, you got to work for it. I make that very clear to my kids as early as now. Oh, wow. That there is no, <laughs> they're only 11 and 8. Yeah. Right? But yeah, it's not, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not at yep. all going to be the type of thing where everything is going to be um, taken care of for you. Mm. You're going to have to learn how to stand on your own two feet. And right. and I think they take, they take it pretty well. And mm. if anything, they're kind of willing yeah. to rise to the occasion nice. there where it's like yeah I, I can I will is it as extreme as Mark Cuban where he says I think I, hopefully I'm correct so if, if I'm wrong please, please forgive me um, he said that there's no inheritance at all I think that was Kevin O'Leary who Kevin said O'Leary that, right? my bad okay yeah. at least I got in the yeah. right show <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. no inheritance I don't know about that. I, okay. I, I think I think that might be him building up some hype as well. Right. But I think I think it's important for kids to to understand as well that that's not something yeah. that you should be looking looking for, for at all, yeah. even mm-hmm. if it's there. Yeah. Right. That the challenge, mm-hmm. and I would think that if 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 the person, if the child was of the right character, mm-hmm. they would. They would want that anyway, right. that anything else, anything that comes over and above right. what you've been able to do mm-hmm. on your own mm-hmm. is gravy. Absolutely. Right? So that's, uh, that, those are my thoughts on okay. that. But before we wrap this, uh, this, this first part, what is the key skills or key experiences that you acquired during your stint in Hawaii or in the U.S. that really you know, left that stuck with you that, you know, cause like, is it people skills, whatever, what, what, what were those for you? I think communication was huge. Yeah. I, I really developed my, both my oral and written communication yeah. skills there. Did you sound like this prior to going to the U S or you got that while you were there? I think it, it, it sort of, uh, developed more, but yeah. I was, I, I, I took a lot of, interest in okay. in the way i spoke i mm-hmm. it was always important to me to be grammatically correct correct yeah speak properly come across uh-huh. well um mm-hmm. which definitely being in being in that environment and that's not you know i mean that's that's the way that americans speak that's not to say that that's that's, that's the, the way the only or the way correct, it is correct, but yeah um yeah, I was definitely drawn to that and definitely yeah. wanted to improve. I mean, my, my plan was to live there, so wow. I figured I might as well be able to um, fit in, right? Yeah. But but um, but why did you come back, and uh, well, what forced you to come? Because I think we didn't really touch into this. Uh, what what made you come back after your college? I I was at, at that point. I was after graduation. I was evaluating whether to stay in. Hawaii or maybe move to the mainland or potentially come back. And I was really looking at various opportunities all over the world, really all over the place. Oh, wow. Okay. But this was the time where there was such a, um, there was a boom in the restaurant industry here. Mm. And I was, I saw what was going on here and said, I I need to get a piece of this action. And that was really what drove me back. Now, it. it wasn't as easy as I thought. Yeah, but um, eventually that that proved to be a right the right decision. All right, now let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about now how you took this opportunity by the neck or whatever. What was your crash course into entrepreneurship, being the main guy after all these wonderful experiences you had in Hawaii? But let's talk about that more after the break. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. Now we're still with our investor. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Michael Dagani of, uh, I'll just say Baskin Robbins. That's what people know you for. But let's now talk about, let's do a deep dive now on what you, you also do. Because this is it. Um, we, we, we've been in the business for quite a while. But you started in FNB, correct? Yes. What was your first business like? And when did you start it? And what was the mindset when you created that? Um, so basically, when I got done with uh, college in the U.S., I was kind of debating between, you know, whether to, to stay there okay. or come back. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, assessing both mm -hmm. opportunities. And this was mm -hmm. the time when, you know, brands like Fridays, TGI Fridays, Starbucks ah, had yes. just come in. And there was like a two, three-hour wait. Right? Oh, I remember. To, yeah. And I was like, wow. You know, you it's amazing the way people are responding to these brands. I mean, yep. yeah, they're successful in the U.S., but they don't have people standing in line for two hours, right? Dude, I remember. So, the one in San Juan, uh, in, near Connecticut, the first Starbucks there. Yeah. That, at least that I know of. Yeah. Solid, The right? first one, I think, was actually in Glorieta. 6750 yes. across, yes. uh, across Shangri-La. Correct, correct. And, I mean, people were waiting an hour, hour and a half to get a Go coffee, get a right? <laughs> Friday, TGI Fridays, right? right. Like people were waiting two and uh, a half hours in line. Glorietta across right? the street. Exactly, yeah. right? Mm. So, you know, I saw that and I was like, man, I got I to gotta get a piece of this, right? Yeah. I wanted to get into F&B. So I, I came back. I came, I decided, okay, it's going to be Manila. It's going to be the Philippines. You know, let me, let me, let me come back, okay. right? And... 
started looking around, you know, I was in just so hyper focused, you know. Okay. I came back in um March of ninety eight. Okay. Right? I had left in nineteen ninety four. That's scary because that's the Asian financial crisis too. It was, it was. But the one industry that seemed to be defying the odds there was F&B at the time, ah. right? Everybody was like, you know, all these exporters, all these other industries were all struggling, right? And But wouldn't that also be a, uh, a scary thought because the peso was dwindling. That's mm-hmm. when the time when the 25 went to 50. And if you're going to be getting in F&B from overseas, your buying power is lower. Well... It, so I did not start with an overseas concept. Ah. That wasn't even because I was any sophistication in terms of like the currency devaluation or whatever. It was got simply it, because it. at the time I wasn't qualified. Okay. None of these guys, like, you know, they, they, they basically, these large publicly listed companies in the U.S., you know, right. they, they want to work with established players, right? right. I mean, you, you may find the odd, you know, the, on occasion you may find one or two who, are kind of you know willing to work with smaller players, but generally it's like a whole bigger is better mentality. Right, right, right. Um, so I, I I tried, but mm-hmm. nobody was willing to give me the time of day. So I, I instead wound up um, getting a franchise of a local uh, Japanese restaurant, which was which was called Kamameshi. Wait, is this the one in Jupiter? Uh, on Makati Avenue, yeah, they Makati, had one on Makati sorry, Avenue. Sorry, yeah. yeah, wow. So okay, it was really popular in the eighties, yeah, and early nineties. And then you know they ran into some issues. Okay, and um, you know I basically came in, and in the late nineties, you know by then they had, you know they, you know they, I think they had cut down to like three branches from wow. like you know many more prior to that. Yeah. And I approached them and said, look, you know, I think that, you know, we can work together to sort of revive this brand. And they were open to franchising. They were looking to franchise at the Mm, time. Okay. Right. So I I put up my first, and this was in, you know, with my family, like it was a family business. Um, So that's how you funded it. Yeah, okay, initially. Cool. Not that that was, it wasn't at all the type of thing where it's like, here you go, son. You okay. know, I mean, here's, <laughs> here's, you know, however many, many okay. you know, go, go, go open go. a Make restaurant. Make it rain. <laughs> no, I no, mean, no. no, it no. was not like that. There's it's, accountability, you know, of course. Correct. Right. And, you know, it's very, very business-like. It's not that, you know, you go to like, you know, and that was the really the one time, you know, yeah. fortunately it succeeded, uh-huh. you know, and we were able to open a second store, a second restaurant oh. in... Wow. In, yeah, in about six or seven months, I think. What? That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah, because no, it was insane. And then we were open, able to open another one about uh, maybe closer to a year. Okay. I, I can't recall, but it, it, it was just, it was months. You know, it might have been nine or 10 months later. I can't recall. Mm-hmm. But uh, the real um, uh, opportunity, you know, that came my way was, you know, I was able to sell those restaurants. Um but how were you able to turn it around? Because you're technically jumping into a sinking ship. I mean, people were already counting. If they're down at three, I, I, there's a big one that I also remembered that was just all over the place back in the 90s. Crop, uh, no, no, no. Burger Machine. I love yeah. them. <laughs> Burger Machine, yeah. No, Burger Machine. They that. even had yeah. their own big restaurants in yeah. fucking, uh, sorry. Uh, and then uh, Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. It's big and mm-hmm. I will go there and eat now it's just these little whatever kiosk but they still I still love it mm-hmm. but how were you able to turn it around and gather the respect of the initial owners and mm-hmm. turn it around and again scale it all the way to exiting um you know I, I think that um you know I, I thought there was still a lot of um 
um, brand equity there. People okay. were looking for it, right? Yep. And probably there was a little bit of, you know, I, I can't say I wasn't involved, you know, yeah. prior. But, you know, obviously the fact that, you know, they had closed down and, you know, closed several of their stores. And, right. you know, they, I think they had had labor issues, uh, labor problems. And so I, I like to think that I came in and sort of just sort of brought some some new fire and right. new philosophies and whatnot. And sure enough, you know, what our three stores wound up becoming the top three in Damn. the chain, right? right? So it was number one, number two, number three. Nice. So that really, you know, that was a great start, right? Yeah. And, and I have to be honest, right? Ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. When I was so young. <laughs> How old so were you back then? I was young, man. I was 22. 21. Oh, wow. 22 by the time. And wow. So I, much fire and, you know, yeah. there's a lot of bravado too. Borderline, you know. That's great. Yeah. Um, but really, when I look back at like all the things that I didn't know, Right. It's just kind of worked out, right? Because I mean, it 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 succeeceded. It made money, but there were a lot of things that I didn't know. A lot of things that could have gone wrong. What, which what's you know, the I most found profound one that you remember? Was I like think you know, I was so whatever. so trusting. Right. You know, so naive. You know, and I mean, you know, it's in this business, you better know your numbers. You better understand things, right? I mean, I was always good with numbers. Yep. But I wasn't. I was too trusting. I think, right? And. Not so much with Kamameshi, but future ventures of mine, you know, that came back to bite me. Yeah. Right. So, but. So, always got to watch your back or CYA, cover your Arish. Yeah. Oh, Arish, gotta, I didn't say yeah. that. <laughs> I hope you don't feel like I'm restricting you. No, but. it's okay. Because my, Michael, prior to recording, told me that his kids are going to be just like, oh, God, okay, how am I going to do this? <laughs> All good, all good. I'm doing okay. I said F word one time, but I'll see. <laughs> Sorry, kids. You know, I'm not their blues clues kind of guy. <laughs> well, once you're done, and once you're done editing it, I'll have to decide whether or not they can listen to okay, it. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do say uh, intro, uh, uh, warning in the intro all the time, but I I, I'll see if I can omit it on this one. Anyway, so okay, let's, <laughs> after you sold it, most people that start out in their first try fail. Mm-hmm. You won. Mm-hmm. Did that boost your ego to a to a very very big? You know, no. It's, it, did that bloat it, or what was your mindset like? And what did you? What are the things you did with that exit? Um. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. You know, I felt really good. You know, yeah. The thing is, you know, I was I was so confident going into it. Yeah. And everything, the way everything kind of panned out, the way everything worked out. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it was just like, yeah, everything went according to plan, right? right. I mean, back then, exits weren't even really a thing. Right? Absolutely. Nobody, what nobody is an M&A? Exactly, <laughs> right? So, but, you know, the way it all panned out, the way it all worked out. And, and mm-hmm. remember, this all happened like within a span of three years. And you know, at the age of 25, you suddenly find yourself like... Liquid. You know, liquid, right? right. You're able to pay off all the debts. At that age, you know, just to even have that opportunity to be in that situation where you can um, even get into business at that age. Again, it's, yeah. it was a huge advantage, right? Absolutely. So, so, but yeah, definitely after that, you know, um, I had some, I had some capital of my own, you know, mm. it's unfortunate. Now it's like entrepreneurs come up with a good idea. They get the investors to come in and take a minority. Right. Right. Back then it was like cash is gig, right? Nope. I mean, you may have the idea, but I have the money. So I exactly. have a small percentage exactly. of the, uh, of, 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 you yeah. know, as a profit share. Um, but you know, it was enough for me to like kind of continue on my own 
uh, thereafter. I remember you telling me uh, <coughs> in, during the tapings of the show that you know you made a lot of mistakes in terms of what you did with that money. Mm-hmm. Um, what were those, and how were you able to correct them? First of all, you know, it seemed like a lot of money to me at the time. Right. You know, because Until I you realize that it's really nothing right. much. Right? Yeah. Right. And I was, you know, the thing is I, I left no room for any, there was no doubt whatsoever. Like I was so sure that, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to open another restaurant and okay. it's going to make a fortune and this is just going to keep continuing. And, and now I was like the sole sort of, you know, I mean, I was, I had no partners, it's not even seal. family. Right. right. So. I was very, I kind of had that chip on my shoulder from a very young age where it was like, you know what? I'm determined to make it I can on make my this. own, right, right? right? Like I don't, it's not until today, I, I, I do, I am very sort of, uh, you know, I'm determined because, you know, when you come from, when you come from a business family, it's in many cases i've seen people people can feel a sense of entitlement mm. like that's my birthright or something right yeah. for me that's actually a struggle like i want to be able to make it you know without that right, right. That, that that should be icing on the cake correct right and not that especially back then it's not that it was like such an empire or anything like that it was a decent business right okay. but i mean it's still Better than better than most for sure, sure. right? Like it's definitely a better uh, a jump off point. Okay. But your question about like you know dumb mistakes that I made back then, like because I was so confident, I had never seen failure. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you know, without getting into amounts, okay. right? I mean, you can draw your own conclusions. Let's just right? say you but, made it rain. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I I, I want to be spending about maybe twenty five or thirty percent of my windfall on a car. What? Yeah, just you know, well, you felt beautiful. <laughs> I, I felt for so sure. confident. It wasn't yeah. even like I said. I, I did. I, it's not that I you know made out with a crazy amount of money. Yeah. You know, but it, it at, at that age to have an exit, have a, an a exit win on your was, belt was okay. Was sure. was amazing, right? Correct. At that point, like I you know I I, I tried a few restaurants here and there. I okay. got another you know I worked with some partners. Got another franchise. Okay, it didn't really work out. I, Tried to come up with my own concept, but nothing really. Um, How long no- did it take for you to, to, to go through these L's? Because that will be humbling for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, and humble and pie you, on humble pie. Correct. Right. Correct. So that, that was a period where, you know, it was almost like, you know, there was this perception that people had as though I had been very, I had been successful and I had done very well. And you feel a pressure to kind of maintain yeah. that image, right? And then people will start, especially, <laughs> I, I would assume. People call it chamba or a fluke. Uh, there was, yeah. Like I would, yeah. I would worry about that as well. Like mm. uh, you know, I think I was, I put a lot more weight into people's opinions back then. Yep, as the, a kid, right? You know, when you're younger, mm. right? Yep, you care Although so I, much. I was, right? I like I said, I was confident and I was always focused on business. Mm-hmm. But you know, you go through you know a period where you're you know it's like you have one failure after the other. Yep. Um, it gets tough, you know. I right. mean, it gets it gets really it, it hurts really your confidence hard. too. It hurts your confidence a lot. That's why I'm yeah. really fortunate that my first venture did well. I, I don't know that I'd be in this position today if I had seen like a monumental failure first. Actually, right. Just to give you a, an insight on how that felt like for me, I was I did eight years of my first startup in guest list until party file. Eight years, 
God, dude, I was wrecked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrecked. It, it does it to you. It, it's dude, but when I got the win, it was more special. Mm-hmm. It's like you going through so many, like, like the Philadelphia 76ers where you went through the process, took yeah. loss after loss after yeah. loss, yeah. and now you're in the playoffs and hopefully yeah. they win the, the, the champ. But that was so special. Yeah. But it also taught me indelible lessons that, yo, you know what? Things are going to get bad and whatnot. Yeah. It set me, maybe it was really meant to be that way because had I won right away, I would have been so arrogant. You know, I mm-hmm. would have been totally different mindset. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be grounded. Mm-hmm. Heck, I want, I might not even do the show because yeah. I don't think it's about me. Yeah. Where in reality, it's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So, I, I, yeah, you know, you know, the thing is back then, investors, people were not as forgiving towards failure. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you fail, you know, Dude. you're like a, you're like a loser, right? Like yeah. you, it's like you're you're either a winner or a loser. And if you win, mm-hmm. you're a winner. If you lose, you're a loser. It's what like, did you learn in that phase? That that you know, of course, because when you're winning, people that circle is big. Everybody yeah. wants to join the bandwagon. Yeah. When you're losing, it's like L's on a daily basis. Yeah. Now you get to see through the rubble and who's yeah. really your core. What yeah. was that for you? Um. You know, I. Fortunately, you know, I was able to I was able to make one good investment, mm. um, which is with um, it was actually a sublease um, oh, of a building, right? Real estate, real estate. Yeah. God. So I didn't I didn't definitely from the previous win I didn't have the the the, the money to go yeah. and buy uh, real estate, but I was able to secure a long term lease on one, nice, and you know, in a very very prime area, which you know for a long term. So that. That kind of sustained me okay. as I was going through the ups and downs with the restaurants. Since then, I've, I've become very interested in the real estate space as well because... Um, it's passive income. It's passive income. That's what it's all about, yeah. right? And, and that's that's really... Having gone through the experience of, of working in F&B and, you know, food and beverage, I mean, Dude. that's a... That is a full time commitment. You know, Crazy. You're, you're, the restaurant is yeah. open like you know, thirteen, fourteen hours a yeah. day, and it's like things are constantly coming up. When the restaurant is closed, you're doing the purchasing and all yeah. sorts. It's, and you know, it's not a business where you hide behind the four walls of no. your of your office or warehouse, right? All your flaws are seen. It's on the spot. It's Correct. real time. So that was going from that, and then you see something like, wow, these dudes are just collecting rent, right? Yep. I mean, they have it so easy, right? right. And and so that really, you know, sort of... Um, so that's what kept you afloat. Well, at least. That, was, that was a really good thing because I invested uh, zero in that business. Um, it basically, it was a, you know, <laughs> uh, other than like a very nominal amount for security deposits, yeah. right? Um, which were also, I was able to sublease the property. I divided it and subleased wow. it. Wow. Right? So essentially, there, there was no investment for me. Very, very... It was a temporary advance of capital, right, for the deposits, which I more than made up from what was correct as the landlord to me as the, as the sublessor, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And so that that sustained me as I was going through the ups and downs of of the rest. There's no if I hadn't made that, no. if I hadn't made that, I won't even call it an investment because really there was no investment. Wow. If I hadn't sort of made that deal. Um, you know, there's no way I would have survived the the the, the, the um um the downtime, yeah, yeah of, of 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 the restaurants. But fortunately, you know, that was a period of about maybe three or four years, um, where you know I was seeing like hit right, and right. hits and misses with mm-hmm. the restaurants, 
Um, until eventually I conceptualized uh, red kimono. Okay. Um, wow. And there you go. That was like again another turning point for me. Because, Why? Uh, because it made money. It there worked, you go. <laughs> right? From, right. Right. Like I mean, after you know, even a turning point, not just financially, but also in terms of uh, just my confidence, right? Because how I was old were you and then and when that, and when this happened already? Uh, red kimono, probably around early thirties. Uh, yeah, it might have been might have been late twenties, early thirties, wow. somewhere there. So I, there's I a lot of exactly. you know humble pie. You kind of know the, the the difference already. And at that time, also at my age, I'm 31 now, but I don't feel 31. Mm-hmm. But that where I felt like I was come come of age. Mm-hmm. I've done the biggest f ups. Yeah, and then I've also seen you know the what you learn at that age is you become even healed. You know, that you don't get high on the highs, you get, you get low on the lows because, you know, things are just going to go up and down, up and down. You just stay chill, you know, because, and roll with the punches because, you know, you can't control everything that gets thrown at you. Well, right. I, I agree with you. Um, you have that perspective because you're 31 now, but I've got some good news for you. Got it. With every decade, there's more learning. Correct. And I, that's exciting. More, right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, you begin to, you know, get to a point where you like you realize that through the ups and downs you yeah. continue you continue in your journey right right so until eventually you get to a point where you know you, you don't know what tomorrow will bring but you can't wait to find out exactly it's like <laughs> you know you know that whatever it is you know through the mm-hmm. ups and downs um y- you're positive right Correct. and that's so important exactly right okay now after red kimono um was there any other business so you're doing red kimono you have the sublease going on. What else were you doing? Because now this, these are two different, and these are very good investments. What other investments did you make while you're doing all these things, and how did you make that happen? Because it's not easy to subdivide someone's time. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling that right now with, mm-hmm. with podcast network and mm-hmm. chatbot at chatbot mm-hmm. ph. Both mm-hmm. require undivided attention from me. Mm-hmm. That's why the attention on my chan mm-hmm. is not there because I'm, <laughs> I'm getting fatter again. <laughs> okay. And I'm borderline size 36. If I go over size 36, that's no longer in mm-hmm. H&M or Uniqlo. <laughs> that's their border, bro. Yeah. So yeah. I need to keep it at that level, level unless I'm going to lose all my pants again. So how were you able to make that happen and what were the opportunities you saw next? I think I always had pretty decent people skills okay. um people handling as okay. well delegation and whatnot so uh, not that it's you know it's been smooth sailing all the time right. but i think i've generally been able to structure my businesses in a way where it's like you know you have key people who you depend on okay. sometimes you know so it's really like the role of a fireman yeah you know, when there's a fire you have to put it out but you're not always so the work that you're doing is very important when it comes up when it's needed right right and I, I like to think that my businesses are structured that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, and in the past, I, I was definitely a lot more hands-on. Right. As it gets, um, you know, as there are more things to, to manage, mm-hmm. you really do need to adjust your management style and to put that structure in. Um, right. But yeah, so around that time, Red Kimono was peaking. I think we got Red Kimono up to eight or nine stores, eight wow. stores. Oh, yeah. I, still right. I think you had one in <clears throat> Burgos Circle? Not Burgos Circle. Um, we had, initially, it was in uh, Fort Strip. 
right? Ah, right. Those yes, early I remember. Days, right, 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 right. It was right. Pier One, Zong, Cafe Yes, Luchini, I remember I still now, remember yes. that. Because it's in the nightlife. <laughs> That's correct, why I remember. Correct. Yeah, there was, no, I, I think, not. embassy right. across. Yes, and, like, correct, right, so. correct. Um, Where all I, the drunk kids go. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. So they would come, load up on like sushi uh, and then, Sushi you know, or... Uh, Katsudon yeah, or exactly. Before yeah. you know, or sometimes even you know, after like a night right. of partying, right? People. Uh, would hopefully, come they don't like, throw up at your. Yeah, restaurant. yeah. Well, we had I think one or two incidents <laughs> of that, but but yep. you know, around that time, Ayala um, approached me and asked me if you know I would do a high end, like an upscale Japanese restaurant. Oh. And so I was like, wow, that's a, that's a great opportunity. And this is wow. when they were launching High Street Central. High there. Street Central. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, uh, um, which is now Shangri-La? No, that's that's so. Uh, they, you know, that's where um, where Jamba Juice is. Ah, got it, got it, got it. Where the amphitheater is. Where the amphitheater is yes, exactly. Okay. So they offered us a location there. Um, I, I think they call it. I think I think they pronounce it Central. It's it's High Street yeah. Central, but I. I I, I don't know if there's an E people, there or not, right? But people but, like it, calling it fancy words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, whatever it is, High Street Central, High, high Street Central. But yeah. you know, you can edit it. <laughs> no problem. It doesn't matter. Um, they don't pay us for this, so yeah. we'll call it whatever. <laughs> All right. But but yeah, um, you know, I thought that was a huge opportunity okay. to do. You know, and so I I started really getting into this mindset of like, okay, what did they really? You know, I had dined at like nicer restaurants, but yeah. never really like tuned into like every detail right so mm-hmm. for doing geisha you know at that point it was like okay i i started you know really uh, sort of zeroing in on what like the best restaurants the five-star hotels the whole guest experience right okay. and that led me to the, the the um realization that they all smell amazing these places oh, right the wow. scent right that's in the air i'm like what is that like i remember walking into shangri-la with really the idea of just observing everything. And I walked in and I noticed a fragrance which I had never really noticed before. Right. There's, right? A, certain There's a certain distinct smells fragrance. Fancy. Right? It smells five star, right? right. So, <laughs> like, what is that? How do they do that? And right. so I started asking around. It's not like when I enter my room, like, oh, yeah, it smells like yeah. a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It smells one star. Yeah. I got it one star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you see the difference between like a right. one or two star property or like, you know, a five yeah. star one. So okay. I. So I was like, wow, that'd be amazing if the restaurant could could smell amazing too. Wow. And so I started researching and 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 you know under begun you know just understood now that wow, there's a whole industry behind this, right? Of, wow. of commercial fragrance diffusion. Okay. Right? So I started digging around and realized that okay, so the global leader, the market leader in this space is a company called Scent Air. They're based in Charlotte. North Charlotte. Carolina. Yeah. yeah. MJ. Shout so, out to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to MJ. Your team sucks, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, and I was like, you know, I mean, I, I reached out to these guys. I was okay. like, look, I have this restaurant, but I don't see that you're available here. There's so much going on. Right. And this was around the time that all the casinos were up and coming. Oh, wow. Right? So I... You know, I basically told them, look, there's amazing things happening here in the Philippines. We're booming. And they were right. like, yeah, you know, we've been looking for a partner, but we haven't been able to find the right one. We've had a few inquiries, you know, but we'd be happy to sort of explore this further. Wow. So, I, you know, I, I met up with them, basically sent them my, my you know, at this point. Now you went to I, Charlotte. 
No, not not immediately. I basically, okay. you know, they asked for a, a business plan okay. and a, a bit of a background on, on right. Micah. At this point now, I had a little more yeah. sort of ammunition. Diversity. Like I had a track record and everything. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, this was around the time that I had secured Baskin-Robbins as well, but I couldn't publicly announce it yet. And so yes. I was like, you know, I also have this ama- other amazing uh, partnership that I've entered into, but I right, can't right, tell right, you what right. it is yet. Right? I think NDA I might have sucked. told them verbally, but, you know, nothing yeah. in writing, right? But, yeah. uh I um, hope I don't get sued for saying that. No, <laughs> but, you won't. But, okay. Uh, um, yeah, and you know, a little bit of convincing because they were speaking to multiple parties here. But a little bit of convincing and kind of you know showing them that hey, look, I can. I've never done anything like this before, but I think I can. Right? I'll hire nice. whatever is whoever is necessary. Mm-hmm. Put the structure in place. Work with you guys to understand what needs to be done. Wow! And they awarded it to me. That so is amazing. Within like. Six seven months of each other, I, I I got these two Baskin Robbins being like the world's biggest ice cream chain, Scent yep. Air being the world's largest player in ambient right, scenting, right. right? And I I landed both those brands within like a few months of each other. Wow! But right? now, how were you able to execute? Because again, Scent Air might be the the leader, but you gotta introduce it to the local. Mm-hmm five star whatever was it an easy conversation because they understood what it was well it was and that was definitely a selling point Santer has global uh, global deals with all the big hotels okay. internationally uh-huh. so that's a real foot in the door there in uh-huh. terms of you know um, getting getting the word out getting awareness there right so okay. So, you know, we, we, we got all the big hotels locally nice. and that, that op- because those are global contracts. Oh, you need to thank Michael Dargani for <laughs> you go to a hotel and it smells good. That's him. <laughs> you don't smell any funky stuff, right? That's because of Michael. So thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, my pleasure. I'm happy to do it. I get paid yeah. for it. So yeah, I okay. don't get to smell myself as much. <laughs> all right. Let's, but, now, Michael, let's take a quick break real quick. Um, and when you come back, let's talk about the big one. You already mentioned it. You got Baskin Robbins. But I want to do, do a last deep dive before we, you give out any tips about investing and every other stuff. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. 
You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. DragonPay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit DragonPay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. Again, we're still with Michael Dergani of now legitly Baskin Robbins. And during the the taping of the Baskin episode where I lost my dignity, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that, was so, that was fun though. I, I, I would have to say that was a that was the highlight of my whole uh, ba- no, no, my whole final pitch uh, experience. But Michael, I, I remember you telling us about how you started. Uh, applying to get Baskin Robbins. Can you walk us through this experience again so for those people that want in? Because this is such an inspiring story because you weren't, you were not just like alone pitching. You were coming up against big guns Mm -hmm. trying to get this ice cream chain into this this country. Mm -hmm. How was that? Um, I I have to be honest. You know, I I, I didn't 
I figured, you know, these guys are probably going to want to go with one of like the big, yeah. you know, there, there's a couple of, without, without mentioning any names, right. you know, I mean. Just connect the dots, Just guys. connect it, exactly. <laughs> right. you know, majority of the big names you see, that, you know, like in, mm. in F&B, there's a handful of players there. Yep. In retail, apparel, there's a handful of players there. Yep. Shoes, there's a handful of players there. So baggage, luggage, handful. And then obviously you have like the tit- Titans who... You yep. know, or have their hands in sort of, you know, they're listed mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, Correct. and they have their hands in all these different spaces, yeah. right? But generally, it's a very competitive process. Trying to secure a big brand is mm-hmm. highly competitive, mm-hmm. right? So you need to go in there and basically, you know, first of all, you need to impress your first point of contact yep. who brings you on to the second point of contact, the third, and then you're essentially right. meeting with like entire executive team, their senior management, right? Yeah. And you have to kind of say the right things and, and it really you have to know your stuff, right? Correct. I mean, so it, it's difficult, you know, it's kind of like applying for a job. Yeah. You know, you might put your best foot forward, you think an interview goes really well, but mm. you don't know until you get it, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had tried many, I had tried for many different brands previously yeah. and I would wind up losing out to like, the big boys. The big boys, yeah. right? And so, again, it's about being resilient. It's about mm-hmm. keeping your, staying positive, right. believing, mm-hmm. right? Believing in your dream and knowing that eventually something will work out. And, you right. know, I couldn't couldn't have hoped for a better brand, right? Absolutely. It's, it's iconic, right? People, people love it. Nobody has a bad thing to say about it, right? Yep. Everybody has like... A positive Baskin Robbins story. Right? Absolutely, so that's, that's my sweet. mom being the number one. Yeah, so. I know you made that clear. Don't worry, <laughs> my mom tried to <laughs> hustle Michael. Yeah. Know, if you're talking to Dargani, hey, give, give me a fucking ice cream. Okay. So, um, but you, you, I remember one profound story where you said, you know, you saw an ad on the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Where you know these guys are trying to bring Baskin in and whatnot, and you ignored it at first, and then you still kept uh, seeing it. What was that like again? Well, I saw an ad. It was it was a huge ad. It might have been like you know one four quarter or like half page ad. I can't recall, but it was right. big. The okay. business section of the Inquirer or the Star. So it was okay. like you know the, okay, so they're coming in, mm-hmm. you know, and right, you know that they, they basically want to talk to everybody right i mean they're yeah. it's so they're public, putting the right? self out there right so i didn't even bother to respond i was like right. you know what this is this is going to go to one of the big boys again right yep. and just you know it's don't don't even bother right. so i didn't respond okay. right but then i attended you know i saw and i saw it a few times right like i mean yeah. they didn't it wasn't like they placed the ad once and you know right uh, i think they might have put it like you know four or five times in like each of these newspapers mm-hmm. right star inquirer bulletin all the big ones yeah um, I I found myself one day at a at a franchising show. I happened to be in the area. Okay. Uh, this was uh, SMX, okay. right? And so I I figured, okay, let me let Check me pop out. in because right. there's this franchising show. Let me just see what's out there. Okay. And I saw the the Baskin Robbins booth there. Okay. And so I was like, you know what? They're here. You know, I mean, you didn't you didn't bother putting in an application online or right. saying showing your interest, but since they're here. Okay. Just have a conversation, right? Right. So I went up to I went up to the booth and started speaking with the guy, okay. right? And we really connected. It was like we were talking, and you know, nice. I mean, it was like he really seemed interested. I was like, "Wow, is this guy like you know? I mean, is he a pro at making people feel good? You know, on the business <laughs> development side, or you know, like you know, slick, just a slick yeah. Rick, exactly, yeah. right? Um, but no, I mean, it was you know, after that, he continued to keep in touch, reached out, and you know, nice. it really seemed as though you know there was. 
genuine interest there, right? And and so, you know, we kept the conversation going and, you know, they asked for a lot. I mean, you know, they asked for a lot of, uh, um, you know, I whatever guess, you can share, whatever yeah. I could share, like a yeah. lot of the, uh, you know, insight into my understanding of, of, of the space, you know, okay. in terms of like the the industry and right. you know, where ice cream is at com- competitors right. and you know a lot they ask for a lot of information and you know you have to trust in the process right of you were talking about philly earlier right you have to trust the process and and you know believe that you're dealing with like you know because look at the end of the day they're going to ask you for your stuff yeah and they're going to determine do mm-hmm. we agree with this guy or is he an idiot right? <laughs> so <laughs> If they think you're an idiot, they'll tell you to go fly a kite. Absolutely. If but if they like what they're reading, you know, and they right. take it forward, then there's mm-hmm. a whole, you know, basically getting them to sort of um, believe and, right. and understand that mm-hmm. hey, this is, you know, this is a guy who who knows what's going on. He's been in the industry. He's been in right. the space, and he's saying all the right things. Right mm-hmm. now, it's all sorts of other issues come up. Right, like you know, um, can you fund it? Right, that's obviously the biggest, the biggest one, right? So you've got to be able to prove that you're, you know, you, you've got a plan for that, right? right. Either you have the reserves, mm-hmm. or if you don't have the reserves, then at least you have a plan for how you're going to come up with the money. Absolutely. Right? So that's one aspect of it. I mean, it's really in, in, not unlike startups. Yeah. Right. You're basically you have this idea. It's different because I mean, the idea is to represent like the world's biggest ice cream Correct. A chain here, right? With 31 like, play bars, by the way. Yeah. Oh, still exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. But, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, but we we went through that process okay. and, you know, although I was at times like thinking, well, that's a lot of information that I'm sharing, right? right? But I felt good dealing with them. You know, I felt like they were good, reasonable, you know, awesome. good people, right? But so. how did you find out and how long did this take before you got the yes? Because again, if you're coming up with the big boys, the big boys have big moves, you know, they have, they, they can flex. Yeah. But, you know, in, in, in certain days, David beats Goliath. Mm-hmm. How did David beat Goliath, and how were you able to find it? All right, I, you got it. You know, there was a. Lot, I'll be. I'll be honest. There was a lot of insecurity along the way because I was worried. You know, I yeah. thought that you know, okay, I'm going to share all this information, and that they're going to give it to like some other right. big wig, and they were like, hey, this Michael Dergati guy, this is what he right. thinks, right? right? I mean, right. they wouldn't do that because it's you know, it's all confidential, right? But you know, you have those thoughts, you have those mm-hmm. fears, right? And. But I mean, again, it was just about like really, I truly put my best work into it. You know, I put, you know, I put together a business plan, which, you know, till today when I read it, I'm like, man, you know, you really did put your heart and soul into this. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, it was a two year uh, romance before they find it. Two years? And that was the same time we were doing San Asia. I mean, Saint Air. Saint What is Saint Well, Saint Air. It didn't take as long. That was about maybe closer to six okay. months to get mm. that deal done. Um, but yeah, it. I started with Baskin. Okay. I hadn't. I wasn't really aware as to this whole Saint Air thing or this whole. And then it just happened at the same time. It came up, and at the okay. time, I was wondering, you know, do you really want to take on both, right? Wow. But. You know, again, being the serial entrepreneur that I am, the decision, the answer to that question was yes. There I want to take them both. <laughs> and if there are any other opportunities come up, maybe I'll take a look at those too. Wow, right? that is amazing. So, now, I want to find out, Michael, about the other 
stuff that you know. So you you told us the F and B hustle, just the send a the send air hustle. What what's also in your portfolio? Because one thing that really stood out to me, and again that gravitated me towards you as an investor, is that your investment mindset. Mm-hmm. My goal in life now is to have um, uh, multiple streams of income so mm-hmm. I can be financially independent. I'm not there yet. So if you think I'm there, hell, hell no. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I want to be able to diversify my portfolio where I'm not dependent on one. That if mm-hmm. that ca- castle breaks down, I have a moat, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, if that gate breaks down, again, I have protection. Mm-hmm. What other stuff did you invest in? Because this is something that you advocate fully, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, soon enough, he will have his own podcast to talk about this in detail. But how, what were the <laughs> other things you also have, uh, uh, invested in. So um, you know, stocks. Mm-hmm. You know that's an easy because when you have a little bit of money, okay. you can put it into the stock market. Right. Blue but, chips or, uh, or what's your you strategy know, like? It varies. I wouldn't. I wouldn't limit it to blue chips. Okay. Um, but at the same time, you know, I definitely am more more selective about you know the companies that I invest in, the equities okay. that I buy okay. on, on the PS on the Philippine Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, I I put a lot of time. I put a lot of research into it. Okay. I really enjoy it. You know, I mean, I I, I, I talk to these stockbrokers and have like you know one hour long conversations wow. with them, right? Um, That's already a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're analyzing different companies, right? Absolutely. You're, you're thinking, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, um. It was um, so that, that that's like an easy start, okay. I think. But you have to understand what you're doing, correct? Right. And the reason why it's an easy start is you're not. It's not big money that you have to put in. You can start right. small, right? Um, but you know, if you commit there, and there are techniques that you can use. And I didn't. Right. I didn't know this initially. I got burned in the right. beginning. Yeah. Same. Um, but uh, over time, you realize that there are techniques. You know, and as you're portfolio gets a little bit bigger you start you start having access to more uh, you know like more intelligent minds yes. i guess you know better minds and that kind of thing and but you know what that that was even that's even less of a of a concern now because okay. so much material online yeah right? you can I mean, actually you really, self-educate you yourself you can educate yourself on yeah. anything right so you got to dedicate time correct yeah. but you know uh, Self-educating yourself with the stock market, that's one thing. Having that gut sort of feel and knowing yeah. which stock, when to pull the trigger, that, that's right. a little bit different. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's something which I hope to be able to um, share or teach people. Um, so watch out. Down, this down is coming road, out. You know? <laughs> yeah. The Mike Kilder Gunny podcast. Yeah. We'll have to figure there out a way. We'll have to figure we'll out a way to squeeze that in. Come, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's that, and then you know when you're when you're able to get into a little bit of a better position, right? Okay. Then then you can look at real estate, mm-hmm. right? But even within the space of real estate, um, you know, you can <laughs> believe it or not, you know, you there you are ways where you can you can mess it up. But if you play your cards right, you know, you can mm-hmm. also get some very very good deals, right? Nice. And you know, similar to the to sublease um, arrangement right. that I had, you know, so many years ago. You know, I've been able to structure deals in a way where, you know, um, I mean, if you're able to buy at the right price and then potentially lease flip it, it out, right, whatever. flip yeah. it or, yeah. or lease it out, right? I mean, you know, you can actually become, you can actually get paid to become the owner of land, believe it Absolutely. or not. Correct. Right? You know, it's, it's, they're hard to come by, but 
they're out there, right? right? And so real estate, I think, is something that's very... Um, I think that's a great investment. Absolutely. I mean, Warren yeah. Buffett advocates it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's also being frugal also. Yeah. Nothing beats being frugal with yeah. your money, right? So Yeah. Uh, well, you're not going to get into a position where you can buy these things if you're spending more than you earn. Absolutely. Right? So that's, again, the whole... My, and, you know, I mean, I see a lot of, you know, because I have this conversation a lot with people, whether it's employees. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have this conversation with my, you know, I have a, a physical therapist that I work right. with, you know, and mm-hmm. I've... I've, you know, I've told him all about like, you know, investing yeah. in equities and whatnot. And today he's an investor. Nice. Right? So, yeah. And I love it. I love yeah. just sharing that. Right. Um, okay. Now let's pay it forward. I want to ask you several questions on, on how you uh, do your hustle, especially with this investment mindset that you have in now. Okay. Um, how do you identify, you said it's a gut feel, right? But there's also got to be a science behind it. Mm-hmm. You do have a method in identifying opportunities on what to do because aside from the low risk, high reward investments that you've done, you've done the final pitch, which is super high risk, high reward, but in all hype too. You know, there's a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. What was the rationale in, in 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 doing the opportunities that you want to pursue? You know, um, so the final that's about. I wouldn't. I would not have done the final. Probably wouldn't have been invited on the show right. um, years ago, right? Okay. But I wouldn't have done it. You know, you can. You can. I, I think you find yourself in a position where you can make take riskier positions, yeah. right? Make riskier bets. You know, when you've sort of covered certain bases, right? Absolutely. And so you can roll the dice a little bit here right. and there, right? right. But Stay I mean, at the table longer. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, so that that was really the mindset, and you know, initially the final pitch um, when when the producers when when John first asked, yeah. I was a little bit, I was a bit hesitant about it. In okay. fact, you know, I was trying to like weasel my way out of it. And, <laughs> and uh, I think John was like, you know, dude, people are like dying to get on this show, and you're like, right. you know, making pucky put there, right? Uh. Like, well, <laughs> he didn't really say that, but yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I had concerns, like, you know, right. just privacy. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I've actually made an effort to do the bare minimum amount of publicity, like yeah. never really on Stay myself. Stay outside of the limelight. Correct, yeah. you know, and just, I mean, obviously business, particularly a B2C um, business requires right. hype, requires publicity. But, yeah. you know, I try to limit it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but... Really, just thinking about like the broader opportunity of, of of being on a show and then being invited back for a second, you know, a second season. Yeah. Um, I, you know, something resonated with me, and I was like, you know what? It's you're surely going to learn from yeah. this. It's a great experience, you mm-hmm. know. Um, believe it or not, the, the visibility was actually when I was like doing, looking, you know, doing a pro, you know, looking at the pros and cons, right. the visibility and all the attention was actually a con for me. Like I didn't wow. really want that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You want to stay private. Uh, correct. You know, and I have, I've, I've actually been doing a pretty good job of that. Right. Yeah. Um, now it's, she's out there. Oh, thanks to you, you know, Monica and Jan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my, yeah, John and Monica. Thanks a lot, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> By the no, way, they're filming now, I think. Yeah, I think they are. I think, so, yeah, they're yeah. doing a real estate um, yeah. version of the show now. Real estate so ice cream. Oh, there. <laughs> Michael, shout out as well. Okay, so after uh, the final pitch, again, you've identified opportunities. 
Is there any formula or metric you look at when investing? Is there like, all right, I have to get X, 3X, 5X, whatever. Or what's your strategy like in, in getting that done? Well, with Podcast Network, it better be 100X. Oh, I, got I, you, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, no, I, I look, it, it really does vary from investment to investment. Um, okay. And there are other, you know, it's not the rewards, the ROI might not always be financial. Okay. There are other, you know, like in this case, it's an advocacy as well. Okay. Not that this by any means... Uh, like you know, is is like uh, uh, be saying that I don't want a good return on this. Yo, I got right? you. Like, you yeah. know my intentions. I know. I know. I got, yeah, I'm with right. you. I'm with yeah. you, right? But mm-hmm. um, you know, in this case, I saw it as an opportunity to really spread this, um, um, you know, the learnings and the knowledge right. which I've been able to obtain over the years, okay. right? And I'd like to be able to do that through multiple sort of platforms, right? This over and above being a good investment, if that right. allows for being able to share this knowledge, yep, um, yeah, that's something I'm very interested in doing. So that okay. was one of the, you know, it's not always just. Obviously, the return on the investment financially is the biggest consideration. Absolutely, right. That's the biggest consideration. Mm-hmm. I mean, you but know, is you there might, a metric you look at, like at least three x, five x, whatever? Uh, in the startup game, I'm, you know, I really am thinking bigger, you okay. know, because it's higher risk. Yep. Higher um, reward. When yep. you talk about like 3X, 5X or whatever, I think there are more conservative investments where Absolutely. you can get that over time. Yep. With startups, I think, you know, you should really be looking at, at a much bigger. Yeah. yeah, that would be nice. I mean, All right. I got you. All right. You know where we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a question in terms of franchising. Mm-hmm. There's a pattern over how you did your hustle over the years, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, you're the type of guy that identifies an opportunity, even if it looks like a sinking ship, like, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of meshy house, mm-hmm. but put yourself in, got really great results. Mm-hmm. How do you come in and look at existing businesses that you can help scale, that you can think you, think you can uh, share with our listeners today? It, it really varies from business to business. You know, okay. I mean, you know... Uh, you know, I mean, it's not, I don't think that I saw Kamameshi as a sinking ship. Oh, I think okay. I saw it as something that, you it's know, probably, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. there was an opportunity there to sort of, you know, bring it back to its former glory or even more, right? Okay. It had just gone, it was going through a phase. Right. Um, Baskin Robbins had been in the Philippines before and right. it didn't pan out, right? Oh. It had okay. been, right? And I managed to, you know, like, I, well, I won't say, uh, my team and I have managed right. to, Sort of, you know, you're everywhere. Yeah. Oh my god, my my mom was like, "Oh, Baskin, anak." Oh, yeah. oh my god, here we go again. So, and then the funny thing is, your staff recognizes me as oh, your celebrity. You're a celebrity, <laughs> man. No, I don't want to be like that with some marshmallow, man. <laughs> no, what's better, ice cream and marshmallows? Oh right? god, that's, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, you're like the stuff of legend in the oh office. They're like, goodness. oh, that rod bite your guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you make me lose the challenge. What the hell? I hate you, Rat Did you lose? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, you didn't pick me because I messed it up. I mean, I could remember I created a brand new flavor. Oh, that's right. You mixed all the... Yeah, we had to throw massive amounts of ice I'm cream. Sorry. Because of you. It's hard, huh? It's super hard. Yeah, that thing is frozen. It's like yeah. you're holding a freaking frozen. I sword. know when, when 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 it was first being sort of explained to you guys, you were like, "That's it. We just need to scoop ice cream." I'm like, no, a little bit more dude, complicated. That is a that. hustle in itself, 
right there. Okay, last few questions. Um, business plan. You've, you've done business plans to achieve greater, you know, to be able to do that. And we never asked this question before. What makes a good business plan and how do you construct it where it's digestible and credible at the same time? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously, you know, you've got to put the right information. I've seen business plans where it's like, you know, the information that's on there is like irrelevant or right. not, you know, so you've got to make sure the content Okay. It has to be very good. Mm-hmm. It has to be. You really need to do the research. Make sure that you've, uh, you know, you have like the right information, right? A lot of right. times, people, I mean, you know, come up with the wrong information, yeah. right? Or the figures things are out wrong, of thin air, right? Exactly, yeah. right? Which is, you know, I mean, you know, a savvy investor will see right through that. Mm-hmm. It should never be too long. It needs to be concise, yes. intelligently. It's not a thesis. Yeah. Okay. Intelligently uh, written and you know, um, concise, basically, you know, I mean, where you get to, you're able to get to the point or, you know, you know, going around in circles, beating around the bush, right? (laughs) This is the opportunity. This is what needs to be done. You you do that in a thesis, not in a freaking business plan. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So before we wrap this baby up, one last question, Michael, what's the best advice that you've gotten through this whole journey of of entrepreneurship, ups and downs and whatnot? There's got to be one that really stuck, stuck with you. Um, What was it? Uh, it's not. It's not a very easy question to answer. Yeah. Um, Sorry, there's, that. there's been. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <Yep>. it's okay. <laughs> I always um, catch people on this question that I always ask, but I feel that especially with people that have been through so much, you know, and ups yeah. and downs and whatnot, um, I gotta ask it. But for you, what was it? Um, you know, you're talking about a lifetime of of learning, right. uh, ups and downs, and kind of going through all that but I would say it's very important to just stay the course and to just take that ultimate responsibility that if you choose to be an entrepreneur you choose to get into this space you have to take that ultimate responsibility and have that accountability that this is on you and not have any expectations from anybody it's important to build teams it's important to build partnerships and um develop synergies i think with people that's very important you can't make it on your own but at the same time if you want to be that key guy in the middle of it uh, who's running the whole thing or the heart and soul of a company or a startup um it is you You've gotta, you've gotta be ready for for the everything yeah. that comes with that, mm-hmm. right? So, I think that would be the most important advice that I could that I've I've, I've received, mm-hmm. or not even really a direct advice that I've received, but, but you just learned through the process. Yes, that I've learned over the years. So, I would say that's it. All right, thank you very much, Michael. Again, thank you very much for coming in. Is there anything that they should look out for 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 you and in the next couple? of uh, weeks or whatnot, and the next time, what what should they do if they want to reach out to you as well? Uh no, I mean you know you you've kind of you know the the thing that's on my mind these days really is is you know financial literacy and promoting that. Yep. Um, Watch out for you, the show. Yeah, you know. So I mean that's <laughs> that's truly on my mind. If anybody has any, you know, want to 
hook up or you know i mean just kind of reach out to me I, the best way to do that would be through linkedin i don't there you go you know so be a creep and yeah. message him on facebook yeah <laughs> that's yeah. I, I don't I, you know it happens a lot yeah. like you know i don't see that as the right platform i mean if you right. are business you know i remember a, i hooked I, I added you first in linkedin then i added you on facebook yeah i i yeah. don't remember but i'm a creep <laughs> <laughs> There but, you go. Yeah, but it worked. It worked. Yeah. Good. You got me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's be a good creep. That's what it is. <laughs> guess, okay, again, before we wrap this baby up, again, don't forget to show us, share some love, and follow us on whatever podcast app you're doing. Whether you're Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. Follow us so that when our next show, you get a heads up of what that's going to be. And again, for the show notes, go to hustleshare.com. And if you want to get first dibs on what we're going to be doing next, especially in the next couple of weeks, because we're wrapping up and preparing for our third season when the year starts in 2020. And lastly, don't forget to message us on our chatbot on m.me slash hustleshare powered by chatbotbh. Again, Michael, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.